Hi, people. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Niger Politics by Dacurate Insights. And speaking is Cho. With me, I have Corey. And honestly, if you haven't listened to the last episode, please try to listen and more importantly, share with others. So Let's Talk Niger Politics is meant to educate you on what is happening in Nigeria the candidates, the coming elections, past elections, issues that are dear to our hearts. And we bring um, passionate Nigerians who are willing to share their um, nuggets with us on Nigerian politics. So last week, we started off with the role of religion in Nigerian politics from a Christian point of view. This episode is interesting and we have been looking forward to it because it will take us to a different, um, through a different angle that's from the Islamic point of view. And we have an important person in our midst, Corey. I, I want to hear what you have to say about this episode. What do you think? Oh, thank you so much, Cho. I think from last episode, it was really interesting to hear the Christian perspective. And I believe um, our guest is going to do justice to this. Um, he has tons of experience, but I'll allow you to read his profile. I believe that yes. uh, in the next um, the next 15 or 10 minutes of this episode, you guys will really enjoy it. And I'm sure your comments will be coming in. So over to you, Cho. On, on yeah. the introduction. So our guest is... Um, He's a devoted Muslim, passionate Nigerian. Um, he's a co-founder and creative director of one of the leading creative agencies in Nigeria, The Hook. If you don't know The Hook, I mean, I even live in on this planet. But that's by the way. He's um, a professional in um, creativity and he's also an advertising professional. He has tons of experience. He has won so many awards, like I cannot even list them here. Um, but more importantly, why we need to listen to him is that one of the um, changes that happened in Nigeria, and I'm speaking about um, the change that happened in Kwara State, was led by um, Tohib and his team. Yes, his name is Tohib Balogun, and he's one of the brains behind the revolutionary Otoge campaign. Um, I personally remember the campaign because the, the preceding, would I say, government had been there for quite a while. Of course, we give him the opportunity to speak more on that, but you should read up on the Otoge campaign to understand um, more about how Tohib and his team thinks. So we're happy to have you today, Tohib Balugun. Woo, drum roll. <laughs> Thank you, thank you very, thank you very much, Joe. I um, that was a spectacular introduction. Thank you very much. Um, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Koridi Acho. Um, I really love what you guys are doing. Um, like I said, this is this is fantastic. Um, this is the definition of not being on the sideline but getting in the ring and doing. Like you said, politics is not just about um, vying for a position and all of that. No, it's about how can you progress you know um people's lives that's that's what it's about however you can do it it's political because it's affecting lives 
Um, I really, really appreciate that. You know, people like you guys are putting bringing heads together to sort of get this done. Um, beyond this interview, I'm really, really, really ready to do anything else to support this. Uh, the yes. Ooh, hold on to that. We had it though. You hold that. Okay. Okay. So, um, hmm, religion and politics in Nigeria—they are like a couple, if I can put it that way. And over the years, we've heard and we've seen how this has affected our lives as Nigerians. But I want to hear from you. What do you think the role of religion is in Nigerian politics? Uh, well, um, I think religion has been has been here since like forever. You know, Islam, Christianity, um, traditional religion, you know, and all of that that has been around since like forever. So what that means is um, religion is politics. Politics is religion, right? You cannot you know, dissociate you know one from the other. Right. Um, if we look at how, uh, uh, if you bring it to Nigerian context, right, what we do have yeah. in Nigeria is we have two, you know, uh, predominant religions. We have Christianity and you know, Islam, and these two yeah. religions have played a huge role in how we perceive the options before us. Right, uh, they they are playing a huge role in how we perceive the options before us and how we choose the candidates that are presented to us. Right, and this. Uh, this sometimes can come from a selfish perspective and it can come from a selfless perspective. Um, but one of the things that I've seen, you know, that the rules and have done is that it has prevented us from assessing, you know, candidates in an objective way, right? If you yeah. want to take a plane now, for example, you will not ask, you know, for the uh, pilot um, religion. We just want to see the pilot is capable. You say you want to see a doctor. You don't give his name is Mohammed. In fact, if you see a doctor and they tell you this one is Patricia and the other one's name is um, Aisha, and the Aisha one, for example, is more qualified than the Patricia, you want to go for the you know, Aisha, Definitely. right? Even if you're a Christian, you know, the same thing as a Muslim, you don't want to give, you know, Patricia, you don't want to give Aisha when you know Patricia is the more qualified one. But what it's saying is that we, once we get to the political space, especially when it gets to picket candidates, we get to forget this commonsensical, you know, um, realistic. And that is, I, I guess, is responsible for the lack of progress that we've seen in, in, in the polity. Okay, so um, to be honest, Nigerians, we can pray from today to whenever. But when it comes to taking action, we, that's action in terms of politics, we are a bit hesitant. So do you think that the constitution itself, for example, accommodates us being objective in selecting our leaders that's taking out the religious aspect of things? Yes, I think I think I think the the constitution you know, is just a group of it's just a bit of a group of words, right? How, what we what we are going to do with it, you know, is is all up to us, right? So the constitution, as far as I can tell, you know, has you know made it possible for for individuals to participate in an objective way, you know, in, in, in the politics, right? So I, I, I think the constitution has done, of course, it's not a perfect, you know, uh, body of work, but it's a work in progress. Well, I think at least it's democratic in the list. What that means is that as an individual, you can start right now, you know, and say you want 
to contest for a position. I think uh, not long ago, the not too young uh, to run a bill was passed and the age was reduced to allow more young, younger people to get into politics. So you have the constitution is in every time being amended to sort of make allowance for people to participate you know, better in politics. You know, uh, the last primary, for example, I think PPC, you know, tried to reduce um, the, the, the cost of getting their uh, form for, I think, for women and for people on the really certain age. And I'm not sure if, if that's correct, but I think they tried to do something to encourage people to participate in politics. The idea of talking and of praying and not doing is it's something that, you know, one of the insights that we got you know, when we were working on the Quora State um, Otoge campaign. Um, I'm a Muslim myself, and I understand that the concept of Kadara. You know, Kadara is a, is a beautiful concept. It means destiny. And I think it's can be found in a lot of religion, actually. But if you're not careful, sometimes the religion is not what is at fault here. It is the interpretation of the religion. I mean, I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that no religion preaches against hate, but interpretation of the religion can preach can make people hate the other religion, other members of the religion. I do not believe any religion in and of itself, you know, it can, can make you hate the other person. But you as an individual can decide to go for an interpretation that will make you, you know, behave in a, in a negative way towards the other person. So I think for, for religion hasn't, religion is there. The Kadara concept is there in Islam. But for a very long time, a lot of people believe that to be, hey, that is what God wants us to be. Right, mm, God knows where, so we are not supposed to do anything about it. Nobody said you are not supposed to do anything about it. You know that's that's not true. In fact, there's a verse in, in the Quran that says that Allah will not change the position of the people until they change what is in their heart. What that means is that you have actually been empowered to seek better. That's what it means. You have been empowered to seek better, right? And also the concept of Kadara means nobody knows it. It's called Goyib in, in Arabic, Goyib on the unseen. Nobody knows it. So if you don't know my destiny, who are you to tell me this is what my destiny is, right? So you don't know my destiny. So that means that whatever I think my destiny is, is what it is. Yeah. Because it can be anything really, right? So our understanding of that and how we're able to play on that in the class of the election really helped us a lot. We, we, we encourage people that they actually have what it takes, you know, to change their destiny, just like, you know, I quoted now from the Quran. Right, they have what it takes for them to change their destiny, and they took that upon themselves, and they did change the destiny. Right, so religion is not praying; is, is a passive action. Right, because all you have to do is get on your knees, or as Muslims do, prostrate, you know, and that's it. Yeah. It's passive, but active actions like registering to vote, queuing, staying on the line, you know, campaigning; those are active actions. So the excuse of praying as against doing is because praying seems easier, passive than the That's more active actions. Yeah, so it is not the religion that is to blame, that's to be blamed. It is actually the individuals who have refused, you know, deliberately and giving themselves excuses not to actively participate in, in you know, in, in, in politics. Look at what you guys are doing. You could have been, you know, somewhere now, you know, um you know, dancing or you know it's, it's a weekend but you guys have taken your time out to organize this session so that we can have a progressive conversation on politics that is an active action you know you reached out to me we spoke we exchanged mails um you know we had this session you guys cut out of your weekend time to have this up these things are active right you could have just substituted that imagine substituted that with just two minutes of prayers god please make that you are good do nothing you know <laughs> 
So, okay, so now I, you mentioned that, and which is true, um, the major, um, two major religion in Nigeria, we have um, Islam and Christianity. Um, and we find that a lot of people look up to their religious leaders, like, in fact, in some cases, some people cannot even take any action or make any decision without consulting with their religious leaders first. And we also understand that in some cases, um, the religious leader is also the political leader. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So I just want to speak to that from an Islamic point of view. How then do you think religious leaders should be our political leaders, or they should just focus on maybe guiding us from a spiritual point of view, or should they be involved in politics? Perhaps since they understand certain things better, they might help us and guide us on the right path. What do you think? Mm, well, that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a nice question. Um, I think for religious leaders should stay, try as much as possible to stay out of politics. Um, it's not a good thing for them because the moment you take a side, that doesn't mean they can't vote, they can vote, but you should be able to understand the difference between them as an individual and being a religious leader. As an individual, I think they have a right to vote, and I think that is guaranteed in the Constitution. But because you're a religious leader, that is different from being the individual. As a religious leader, you are not supposed to stick aside, because I believe all religious leaders are supposed to be father for all. So for example, let's say in Christianity, you have so many denominations, right? The same thing in Islam, you have so many denominations. So even if you are, say, for example, the head of the deen, for some reason, you are still a father of, say, Christians, and by extension, a father of all Nigerians. Right, the same thing with yeah. Islam. Right, they're supposed to be that figure for all. So the moment you've taken his side, it's like you decided to stick to one of your child. What you are doing is that you have encouraged corruption, because what will start happening is that you will start bending the books and the laws and the prophecies and everything to fit that narrative. That's what you start doing immediately. Um, you will you will be encouraged to also. Um, bring up sentiment against the other person that is not your choice, right? And this is, these things are not good. Um, this is why being a religious leader and being vocally for a candidate is dangerous and from my perspective is corruption. Also, it also speaks to the um, active and the passive you know, uh, mindset. If you're passive, all you just want is you know somebody that will just you know, direct you like, guy, go here, go there. Yeah. You know, vote for this, vote that. that way you don't have to activate your thinking. But if you are an active person, even if he says, you know, go here, go there, right? Um, you, you wouldn't want to do that because you would have done, gone on your own to do your research, make up your mind, you know, on a candidate. There's no, there's no Tinubu or B or Atiku in any constitution or in any religious books. Sorry about this. So I guess this is what happens. This is the Nigerian perspective. Everybody, there has to always be the, I'll say the noise in the background. So please hold on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. My, my, daughter, my daughter walked in. Sorry, sorry about that. So she wants now, to participate. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so you have to find a way to um that way. If you've chosen a candidate, you will then be forced. You know, even if you admit or not admit it to look for reasons to negate the other child or the other children that you did not pick. 
And that is corruption from my perspective. That's corruption. That is you give, using your God-given position for your own selfish interest. So for me, there's no excuse for any religious leader to pick any candidate. You know, I've been part of one, I've, I mean, Muslims do this, Christians do this. I've been part of one where I actually saw a religious leader um, in the media, in the way he did it, you know, I, I felt I felt bad that he, he did that, you know, even though the candidate that he suggested was my preferred candidate, right? But the thing yeah. is, the way he said that, I felt that he, in fact, the guy that was sitting beside me was like, no, you shouldn't have done this. The moment he did that, I knew that if he's going to give another sermon again, I'm not going to come. I mean, I'm very, very sure, because that is the way I see people. If you can actually use your position, corrupt it for your own selfish interest, then I can no longer trust that the words that come from you is the word of God. Like, I'm very drastic. So I was like, I'm never going to attend whatever some of these guys give me again. So we have to see people, religious leaders that are taking his side publicly as politicians. That is the way I see them. The, something has happened behind the curtain, something, right? Because the moment you do that, you imagine a religious leader that, is, that supports a candidate, and that candidate did not, does not get in eventually. What's going to happen? You, as this a religious leader, will be forced. Yeah, this is the question you want. Number two is that as a religious leader, you will be forced to take a, an offensive position against that candidate throughout the stem. You never say anything good in the candidate. So what do you know? You just start fostering and encouraging hatred. So the best way to actually avert all of this is stay out of it. Come in, use your God-given position to do God things, godly things like encourage people to be good human beings, to think, to do all of that. Then when it's time to vote, go on your own and choose your own perfect candidate uh, as an individual. For me, I think that's that that is the safer way to say things. Thank you so much. I have, I think I have a follow up question to that. Um, so there's a religious, um, some religious bodies tend to not say, don't vote for this person, don't vote against this person. But what they would say is that a candidate or the candidate you should vote for should have this criteria. What are your views about that? Then I think my follow up question would be what are your thoughts on the APC Muslim Muslim ticket? Okay. Yeah, so the Christ, well, um, there's a, there a, there a thing in Islam that says actions are judged according to your intention. Right? There's, there's, a, there's a hadith that says actions are judged according to your intention. So even if I intend, if I intend to support a candidate, there are so many ways I can execute that. I can be like, let's say we have four candidates, right? And one of them is a woman. My preferred candidate is a woman, the only woman. I can be like, so ladies and gentlemen, right, you know, if you want to choose a candidate, make sure you choose the one that, um, that is a female. You know, got female are caring, they are, they are carers and all of that. I've in a way also, you know, pointed you to what I want you to decide. Do you understand my point? There are overt and covert signs and directives that, can, that I can use to sort of communicate my position. So my own point is, Try as much as possible to be ambiguous if you can as a religious leader. It is not good for us. It is distracting. See, you might not know this, right? The more we concentrate on religion as a factor, right? The worse it gets. It, nothing good can come out of that. Nothing good can come out of that. But what is going to happen is that we're going to have this, you know, this federal character thing. You know, one of the things that joined this country back is federal character. So let me give you an example. 
Uh, your name is Koredi, right? I'm Toyib. I'm also messing with good Lagosians, right? If mm -hmm. we are the best two people in a group, right? And you're also very, very good with aviation, for example, one of us will be selected because of federal character. They have to go to another state to pick somebody that's probably not as good as you and I. And that person is going to have to head aviation or something. Mm -hmm. they, they call it federal character, right? Now, yes. federal character, I, I think it's almost enshrined in the constitution. I'm not sure. I think it is. You have to pick from 36 states. What does not happen is that you are never allowed to pick the best heads to, 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 to help you govern. So when people tell you things like uh, you need a leader to elect to, to turn this country around, it's, it's a lie. There are so many things that will work against you because you have to actually always work with people that are not good enough just because mm. their position has been guaranteed in the constitution. There's a reason for that. The reason why that was done is to give people a sense of belonging. That's the reason, right? So that is enough evil from my perspective. That is enough corruption, right? So us now bringing religion into it again. Ah, it's just going to be complicated. You complicate it. Because what that means is ultimately, let me tell you what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen ultimately is that in state where you have a lot of, you know, let's say for example, an instance, South Eastern states. I know many people have ever come across um, Igbo, Igbo Muslims, right? There are actually yeah. a lot of them. There are actually a lot of them. Chuchuku is my name. The name only sounds funny every time I see it as well. You will see Ablativ, Ablativ Ugozia, like, <laughs> you're kidding me. So they always, but they are underrepresented. So what you always have is that nobody ever gives them the opportunity or any representation. If you go to Sokoto or some, you know, up and up, you're also going to see this thing. You're going to see, you guys have also heard of Fulani Christians, right? Yes. They are yes, not, yes. They're also grossly underrepresented. So what that means is that no matter how much how brilliant you are as an Igbo Muslim or a Fulani Christian, you might never be given a position to actually contribute to your quota just because of your religion. So at all times, right, and I know it's tempting, we must try as much as possible to make sure that we dissociate religion from politics. We must because it's never going to end well. It is never going to end well. Because the moment you, you think you can get away with it, you, and you do get away with it, you know, with um, maybe because you are the Christian majority, you are the Muslim majority. What's going to happen? You're going to have this sentiment against, you know, the, or you're going to have the sentiment, the minority have the sentiment against the majority because they've been slighted. Yes. Because they were choosing primarily because of their religion. Primarily because of their religion. But if they were choosing because of their competence, but both of them are fall to be, maybe tend to be in the same religion. It is, it is you, and you feel, you can see that from the way they've acted and all of that, that your life has improved. You know, you don't have any big, you don't be any big deal, you know, with that. Yeah. So this follow-up question about the APC Muslim, Muslim ticket. And yes. It's also, yeah, it's also the same problem, right? What you actually have right here is, it is a political party that I think is trying to take advantage of the political situation. So let me tell you, let me, from a layman's perspective, right? You're going to have three major candidates for the first time in this election. Oh no, no, I mean, we only have three major candidates. Bwari has always been a factor also in the previous elections that I didn't want. So you have three major candidates, right? You have the PKRB yeah. camp, you have the Atiku camp, you have the Chinubu camp. Yes. Now, 
you can the first the most important thing for a politician is to get in first trust me the most important thing for a politician is how do we win right so in doing that they were going to make a lot of calculations right one of the calculation is where can our votes come from apc from their perspective can be ah we are never really we are never really doing well in the southern part right they've lost you know let's say southwest for example they've lost you know or your they've lost um or your they've lost um ocean you know i think they have just three or four they might likely even lose to go right if you go to the, the whole of south south i think there's no okay there's an, an apc state the southeast there's one apc state so the apc state in the south is very very small so the uh, what you can call their 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 stronghold is enough Right. So, and in politics, you don't work on your strength or your weakness. You work on your strength, really. Right. Because your weakness may never really change your mind on you. There's nothing you're going to say. If you like go to um, you're never going to go to PC. And if you also go to states like um, Bono, they're never going to vote PDP. So, they're going to, I think they made that decision based on political calculation. But on that decision, they are because of our polity, right? It has been rightly so because I mean there are also um, there are reasons to believe that you know the Christian you know um, community has a sideline, but I think personally it is not the responsibility because if you look at the individual involved now I think Tunubu he I mean his wife is a Christian right he's not like he's going to go in and you know do things against the Christian community and all of that I think they made decision based on political consideration and calculation and I think it is now their responsibility to prove to Nigerians, to prove to Nigerians that religion doesn't matter, hopefully if they get it, to prove to Nigerians that really, I, I, can, be a, I can be a Muslim and still look out for the interest of the, of the Christian, because that is really what is driving all this Muslim, Muslim, or let the Christian be there, let the Muslim be there. It is the representation, it's the fact that I will be taken care of. If, for example, they get in, and the Christians and the Christians and the Muslims, they all couldn't tell the difference and they all could progress, their lives are getting considerable progress, right? Nobody's going to, nobody's, we might have another Muslim Muslim again, we might have a Muslim Muslim again. And when it's time for Christian Christian, the Muslim Muslims can't say, no, we have to have a Muslim Muslim. So I actually think in a way, it's actually a good thing because once, very soon, we're going to have a situation where we're going to have a Christian Christian. And I, I know that the Muslim community cannot come out there and say, why don't we have a Muslim Christian? Because hey, you guys actually you know, started that. And number two is that, the, the onus is on them now to prove to Nigerians that religious consideration for a candidate is a no-no if they deliver on that. I hope you guys understand my point. Clearly, like it's, it's so very, clear. Very, yeah, very yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So fundamentally, I think it's is that. I think it's for political calculation or political... Um, reasons that's why they did yeah, they did the muslim muslim thing and i think the onus is on them um if they get in to prove to nigerians that everyone can be taken care of irrespective of the religion of the representative also and i think this religion muslim muslim thing is also a, a thing that for some reason you don't take that seriously i hope you know that almost all the states in in southwest are ruled by christians for example i think oyo is a christian the guy in Barcelona is a Christian. The Kuyali is a Christian. Ubu, I think, is a Christian. The Lagos guy is a Christian. Uh, Undo is a Christian. Six. 
all of them. Blogit is one religion. Nobody's making, nobody's saying anything, right? In fact, you have places like Ikiti where it's actually Christian Christian right? So what's actually happening is that the, for some reason, the Yorubas understand that being a good person, you know, fundamentally, you know, is beyond your religion. You can be a good person and still be a Muslim, and still be a Christian. You can be a bad person and still be a Muslim, and still be a Christian. I think if a lot, if Nigerians can actually toe that line, right, um, incompetent individuals can no longer hide behind their religion to, to perpetrate their incompetency. You're just going to have to come in, you know, make your objective point, and you're going to be assessed objectively, not based on your religion. I think it's a, it's a good thing. I, I mean, I love the fact that I'm Yoruba, actually. I, they, they make me proud with some of these progressive thoughts and behavior. Um, I, I think that's, that's another way to, to, to say it. Yeah. Honestly, like what you have said is so, is so, so true um, because we tend to get emotional when people begin to talk about religion, even at work or um, when you're maybe driving, we just like to get emotional once you see that, okay, this person is a Christian, this person is a Muslim, and it has eaten deep into our minds that we, know, we are no longer as objective as we should be. And honestly, this, we hope that people get to learn from this episode. It's very, very important that we go out there, we look at a person's um, profile, take out the religious aspect, look at his profile first or her profile, depending on, on the candidates, and then make objective and realistic decisions. I mean, if you look at other countries in the world that are doing great, um, they don't talk about religion first. They talk about the system. A good system is in place. Not perfect, but a good system is in place. Thank you so much, Tohib. Um, Kureli, do you have any comments to add? Yes, I always have one controversial question I want to end with. Who are you voting for at next year's election? Uh, okay. Don't you think I'm abusing my position now? As an individual, I can tell you that. Yes. But I think if I do that, for take it or leave it, I will have to corrupt this platform to use this platform to sell that candidate. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I, I don't do. think yes. that, 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 like that, that. that's a good thing. Yeah, yes. don't, don't do what you <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you. But no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I have to smash on the candidate, I have to have a follow-up series of reasons why that candidate is the best. Exactly. Um, that, that's what they do say. You know. Yeah. yeah. We we like that. Score day okay. in your face. <laughs> <laughs> so I <laughs> so you can see I wiggled my way out of it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you did. <laughs> But thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. We've, we've learned a lot. Basically, religious leaders should focus on the um, guiding and leading from a religious point of view. And if they want to go into politics, then they shouldn't be double-minded, so to speak. Um, we also know that it is possible for us to have good leaders without focusing on their religion first. Thank you so much. Um, for our listeners, we encourage you to listen to 
the episodes on role of religion in Nigerian politics. Follow our social media platform at Accurate Insights. Um, just watch out for more information, information, information. That's the, that's the goal. And we hope to see you on the next episode. Show signing out with Corey and Tohib. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.